Welcome back to 95 Photographer, the podcast to help you get more shoots, make more money and spend more time doing the things you love. And today's episode is with a guest who has more energy than Usain Bolt on the starting line of the 100 metres. Zari Khan is an international event organiser and she's worked with photographers and filmmakers for her whole career. She plans events all around the world and she's going to give us an insight into her job, her business and the kinds of events that she organises. But we're also going to find out some of the mistakes that photographers and filmmakers can make at events and what people like us can do to secure more events in the future. But also, for the second time, we play a little Would You Rather with another round of randomly selected questions for Zari to answer. So buckle up your seatbelt and let's go for a high energy ride right now with Zari Khan. Zari, thank you for being here on the podcast today. How are you doing? It's been an exhausting week. Um, I've been on an expo in South Korea. Okay. Um, well, generally, I was supposed to be there, but obviously because of the lockdown, I have to do everything by Zoom. Okay. Uh, but it's been really, really unusual because of the time difference. Mm. So I've been doing Zoom calls at 1, 2, 3 in the morning, which is their time, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the day. Oh, wow. Uh, but we've had a lot of, lot of issues, though, because with like the camera not working and so I've been able to see her she's not been able to see me or one time the audio wasn't working so I had to use my whatsapp mm-hmm. and give my whatsapp numbers out to people which I was getting unusual calls from them afterwards which was really weird <laughs> yeah I bet it is yeah yeah I know and then and then another thing that's been happening is that I've been wearing my pajama bottoms and, my t- and a shirt on top because obviously <laughs> it's late at night yeah uh, but then but then after the zoom call they're saying to me oh can we take a picture of you and I'm thinking is that weird you know why would you want to take a picture of me? You can see me on Zoom, but it may be a thing in South Korea, like they collect pictures of people, I don't know. And why, why are you doing this with South Korea then? I mean, what, what is it about South Korea? Okay, so um, basically they're opening, they have an expert every two years in South Korea where they bring in the European market okay. to try and see if there's any business that they can get from them. Um, so I booked on a couple of years ago and that's why I was supposed to be going to South Korea this year. Oh, I but see. I have got a client as well who's interested in Seoul as a destination mm-hmm. um so you know i'm just interested in what they're doing how their lockdowns are affected when are they opening up you know how we can work with them um things like that so you know it's it's quite with i think with south korea a lot of people are interested because on lockdown a lot of people are watching k-dramas okay so they're quite interested in south korea as a destination now oh, uh, because of the amount of dramas that have been coming on netflix so a lot of people are asking for south korea a lot so, um, so it's really good just to just update yourself on different locations in South Korea, not necessarily Seoul. Yeah. There's Busan, there's um, Jeju Island as well, and some amazing places in there. And you could actually go to all the touristy places or the off the beaten track, which a lot of my clients prefer to do. Right, okay. Um, because I suppose when I do bookings for people, I rather they give me things that are off the beaten track that people can't go as a holiday. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a holiday, you do all the touristy things. But if you're in a group of a conference, you rather go to places which people can't go to. Mm. Um, whereas on a conference, you would be able to go to. Mm. So I really like to look at things that are quite different mm. for my clients. So you, you mentioned South Korea and you mentioned Netflix. Uh, you mentioned about, about TV shows and stuff like that. Have you seen Parasite? Yes, I have. Yes, great I have. film. Yeah, yeah. Great film. Yeah, well, it was a brilliant film. Yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant film. Yeah. I mean, a little yeah. bit weird, but really, really good. Yeah, but the other thing I've started doing is I've learned, um, I'm learning South Korean. So. Oh, you're learning it? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned the whole Hangul uh, alphabet, which is only 13, 14 like characters. Really? So it's really easy to learn. And they're all symbols as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's really easy. So as long as you can, I can actually read 
Korean. Okay. But I don't know what it means. So I'm just on the next stage of learning what it means. Right. So, and it's so funny because it's all hierarchy system. So it's someone, someone who's like um, older than you, you speak to more formal. Okay. And someone that's younger than you, you speak to them very informal. Okay. So it's just basically learning the, the, the type of different classes. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because I've, I've worked in Japan as well. So um, I know that hierarchy system as well in Tokyo. Right. So. Okay. Wow. There's, there's, there's a lot of travel going on here. And when I met you, a couple of months ago, I think it was, you were telling me that you that you spent some time in Dubai. So, so it'd be really good to unpack all of that in a minute. But I wonder, first of all, if you could just, for the sake of everyone listening, just tell us in a in a snapshot what it is that you do, what service you provide, and who you provide it for. Okay, so in a nutshell, I'm an international event organizer. Okay. So I, I do everything from start to finish. So you come to me, I will find the venue. I will suggest venues. I'll suggest destinations. So obviously you can say we're, we're like a consultant. Mm -hmm. So we have the expertise and the knowledge for around the world. Okay. So if you came to me and you didn't know what destination to use, but you told me where everybody was flying in mm -hmm. from, what the, the event was for, what was the purpose, mm -hmm. what is the end result, I will then give you the perfect destination and where it needs to be and the budgets and I'll control everything okay. for you from start. To and then generally speaking, are you charging the your, your clients or are you taking a commission from the venues and your other suppliers or is it a bit of both? It, well, it's a bit of both. It depends on what you want from me. So if you want me to handle everything, then I charge a management fee. Plus also I get my commission from the okay, venue as right. well. But if you want certain services, then obviously I get my commission from the venue. But then if you want me on site as well, then obviously that's a separate right, charge. Right. So it's all due to, it's basically bespoke or whatever the client can afford yeah. and what I can provide right, for them. Got it. Okay. So. All right. Let's go right, right the way back, right, right the way back to after you left school. Well, tell us first of all, where, where in the world you grew up and where you went to school and then what your first job was after you left the world of education. <sighs> Oh, you would laugh. Okay, so I was born in the UK. Right. Okay, so when I was very, 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 very young, well, I think I was about 15, 12, 15, I wanted to be an air hostess. Okay. Okay, because I used to travel a lot with my mother. So I loved these trolley dollies, beautiful women coming to serve you. I mean, you don't get that now in Easy Jack and Ryanair, so I forget yeah. that. But anyway, in those days, there was a criteria where the woman had to be a certain height, can't wear glasses, can't do this, can't do that. Okay, so I wore glasses, so... You know, that was off the tick list. So I couldn't be an air hostess for some reason. And anyway, my mother's very superstitious. So she didn't want me to fly because she was worried that the plane <laughs> right. would crash. So she goes, oh, well, she wanted me to be a, yeah, she wanted me to be a ground air hostess. <laughs> so I said, I don't want to be a ground air hostess. It's so boring. It's just looking after passports. Yeah. But anyway, that went out the window. Then do you remember the, the program, The Bill used to come on TV? It was like a police. I remember The Bill very program, well. Yeah. yeah, a bit like Holby yeah. and Casual. Yeah. Bill, yeah. I used to love that. So I wanted to be a policewoman. Again, it was my career union and I was chatting to the policewoman. But then again, we had to have a criteria. I had asthma, okay. so I couldn't run after Robert. But nowadays, if you look at the community action officer, all, all these community policewomen, they're all kinds mm. of sizes now. But in those days, you had a yeah. criteria. So everything that I wanted to do was obviously there was a restriction. Uh, but in those days, computing was very popular. The MacBook mm -hmm. came out. Um, everything was about computing, programming. So at the end of the day, I started to work on programming. So um, I was one of those nerds that used to sit in the computer room oh, yeah. doing programming yeah. all day, laying in C and Pascal, because I was good at maths. So uh, when I left university, um, I got my degree and I got a job with IBM. Okay. So I was a programmer. 
And I used to go to people's offices and fix, put chips in huh, no computers way. Okay. and things like that. So I was in on the hard, yeah, I was in the hard drive as well. But I did my first conference for IBM. They gave me a responsibility to handle their first mm -hmm. conference. And I loved it so much because I'm good at organization. My organizing, organization skills mm -hmm. are very high. And then that's where my calling was. I thought, hang on a minute, this is the job I need to be in, not sitting in a desk all day long in a yeah. computer screen. I need to be out meeting people. And I've got very good like communication skills and I mm -hmm. love face-to-face. -face. So, and at the end of the day, when I was very young, I could sell someone a pencil. That's how good I was at negotiating things. Um, so I thought to myself, my God, you know, this is what I want to do. So that's how I went into events. That's how it mm. started. And what sort of year was that, that you did that first event when you were working for IBM? Um, you would laugh. Uh, 1991. 91. <laughs> okay, right. I was working in Milton Keynes at the time. They had an office okay. in Milton Keynes and that's where I worked. Um, and then after that, I just decided to do this type of business, like work. But I never had a degree. In, I only had a degree in computing. I had a BSc in computer science. So I went back uh, seven years ago to part-time at Westminster College mm -hmm. and did my BA Honours in Hospitality Management while I was working. So right. it took me two years. I got a, a first, I got a distinction first and my dissertation was uh, 82%. Nice. And basically when I, yeah, so when I did the college course, mm -hmm. well, yep. when I went back and did my course, my lecturer actually told me not to tell my, the, the, my colleagues in the office, about well, in the class, all the students, yep. what I do for a living. Because I've okay. got the... Um, I've got the experience. They're all textbook. Whereas me, I've got, I lived and breathed events. Yeah. So my, my dissertations, my assignments were like A plus. So I right. basically put in two, a lot more into the quantity or quality of the, of the work than they did because I have really experienced it. So based on the fact that you had that experience and you'd actually been doing it, was there any teaching that you kind of disagreed with? Um, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Because they gave you quite a lot of different scenarios. A lot of it's all common sense. You know, mm -hmm. I know you shouldn't say this, right? But a lot of people that come to our office to work, I rather they come fresh out of university, okay. not working right. for another company. Because if you're working for another company, you're actually using their habits. And they could be bad habits. Yeah, you're working with their habits and the way they, they do things. And when you come into our office and we work completely different, you, yep. it takes a while for you to lose those habits. Yeah. Um, so I rather that someone from university or college come to us who's got minimum amount of like experience and mm -hmm. we teach them the way things are done. That's better rather than someone telling us, oh, no, you're doing this right or you're not doing this wrong. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah so no, fully understand. Every, yeah. Every, every company works differently. OK, so tell me then what year it was that you started your own business doing uh, events, managing events. 1993. And gosh, so you've been doing this for... That's for quite a while then, isn't it? Very long, yeah, very long time. <laughs> a very, very, very long time. And I've had so much experience. I mean, I can tell you scenarios. I mean, I've, a lot of people say to me, Zara, you should write a book. Yeah. The amount of things that have happened to you. I mean, a lot of bad things have happened. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you learn from them. You yeah. know, you learn from your mistakes. You know how to do things differently next time. Yeah. I mean, events, people think that events are easy. They're not easy. They're hard mm. work. And you know mm. what? You have got such a big responsibility on your shoulders. Because oh, massive responsibility. You're babysitting the group. Yeah. 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 Um, they, the, you know, what I've noticed is the most professional groups that come out to events, once alcohol is involved, oh, my God, it's like looking after children. Yeah. Literally children. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah um, I'm sure. You know, so it's it's hard work.
Okay, so so tell me about the different kinds of events. I'm guessing that weddings is going to be one of those kinds of events and corporate events as well. What, what else typically? Well, I okay. So basically, a lot of my work is corporate because obviously it works from venue find the agency I started. Yeah. So uh, we do anything from product launches to exhibitions to road shows to um, seminars, to um, automotive, automotive shows. We, we can do anything from small meetings for 10 people to I've been, done a, a conference for 5,000 people. Right, okay, yeah? got it. So basically, I was on the plane coming back from event in Malta. I was on my laptop doing my cost and profit loss for the client. And I had a lady sitting next to me and she asked me what I do for a living. And I said, I'm an event organizer. And she said, oh, um, she goes, I work for LMS. You know, the beauty products LMS. Okay. And she goes, we're holding our next, this was in 2004, and she was holding their first exhibition in South Korea in 2006. Okay. And it was for 5,000 people for a week. Wow. And she goes, Zari, do you think you can, you can help us? Now, you know and I know you never say no to a client. Exactly that. You always say yes, and then you work it out. Yeah. You come, and then you work it out. Yeah. And when I came back to the office and I told everyone, they go, Zari, we are not big enough to handle 5,000 people. I said, look, do you know what? You can always do anything, yeah? So with the, with the biggest help of South Korea, because obviously everything was there, so we had all the ground handling people there, we just coordinated with them. Mm. And we basically did the event for 5,000 people for a week. Wow. And how did it go? Was it a success? Oh, it was, it was a success. It was amazing. I mean, uh, hands off to the team there in South Korea who handled everything, mm. from, the, from the transportations to the exhibition booths, to all the goodie bags, to all the off-site dinners. They did everything with us. Mm. So it was mm. great. Okay, so tell me a little bit then about when you engage with photographers, because a lot of people listening to this podcast might be photographers or filmmakers. What do you see as being some of the mistakes that photographers make at an event that you're managing? Okay, so I always tell photographers that you are here for a job and your job is to enhance our event, okay. yeah? So show something which is better than what is being seen from the naked eye. Okay, all yeah? right. So I'll give you a scenario. I'll give you a scenario. I did an exhibition for a Japanese client in Brussels. Okay. Now, we had a very, very short turnout. It was due to the online attendance system or whatever they did, but they were supposed to have 300 people at this event. They only had 175. Okay, all right. Yeah? Now, when we, arrived on, when we arrived on the event, we had this massive room, okay, that would hold 500 people and they had 175 okay. people in there that were just right. swimming. Okay. Yeah? Now, that doesn't look like a good image no. for, for my mm. client. So I said to the photographer, you have to have some sort of talent to show that this event is full yeah. at an angle that you're taking yeah. the pics. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're enhancing our mm. event. I see. Yeah? Right. Um, the, so that's what the, the, the photographer's there for. Also showing things like the food in much more of a glamorous way rather than if it's just a, if it's just sandwiches on a platter, don't show it as sandwiches on a platter. Show it like add some greenery to it, add things to it to make it look like it's something that's quite high end. Yeah. Yeah. That's what photographer's job is there for. To enhance our event, not just to take pics. And do you find that most of the photographers that you've worked with in the past are good at doing that? Or do some of them miss it and then photograph people with, say, large, like, you know, aircraft hangers in the background? Of, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, do you know what? I tell you, like event organisers, photographers have a skill mm. as well. 
And you always get the wrong photographer or you always get the wrong event organizer, okay? Who on paper is a photographer or on paper is an event organizer, but when it go, when they throw them into the, into the basically uh, equation of they have to deal with stress, they can't right. do it. Right. Now, the other thing that I always say to photographers is, right, always look at what's happening in the background, mm. yeah? Enhance the event by showing how, the, how much work has been put mm. into the event. How about filmmakers then? You know, because photographers tend to be often, you know, very much roaming around the place with with less kit than filmmakers, uh, generally speaking. But how do you how do you find the experience of working with filmmakers at an event like that? Yeah, again, filmmakers, it's like when someone tells you they want something from you, you're the consultant. You need to make an input as well. Yeah. So if I'm a filmmaker and you come to me and you say to me, OK, Zari, I want you to take a film of, say, the bride or the flowers or things like that. But then you need to make some suggestions as well that, OK, look, I may be able to take a picture of the bride, the flowers in love, but that's not going to basically make anyone enthusiastic to mm. watch the film. Mm. Yeah. Why don't I do this? Why don't I take the background of that? Or why don't I take the bride getting ready or the, the car pulling up or things that are quite different that people would mm. never think of? That's what your job is to do, is to basically consult with them and give mm. them suggestions to make them think, oh, my God, that's going to mm. look amazing. So if I feel it's going to look amazing, the people that's watching it is going to make it feel mm. amazing as well. Awesome. So, you know, that's what our job, that's what our job is for. We're mm. consultants. We've got years and years of experience under our belt. So they, people come to us for that reason, not for them to tell us what mm. to do. We just do mm. it like monkeys. Um, and, that's, and then talking about doing events abroad. There's a lot of pitfalls you need to think about this. When I worked in Dubai for a whole year, there's a lot of like um, things that you can do and you can't do. Okay. okay. So, you know, like if there's a male photographer or a male cameraman taking pictures mm -hmm. of a woman who's Amrati, okay. you can't do that unless you ask for permission. Yeah. So here it's completely different. In Europe it's completely different. America is completely different. The cameraman's just taking pictures, snapping of people just eating or talking and things like that. And it could be male or female. But when it comes to countries that are quite conservative, mm. you've got to ask people's permission before you take pictures. You just can't start snapping or you can't start taking films of people that are sitting there eating, which is a woman who's an Emirati who's mm. basically covered and she doesn't really like you taking pictures. So there's a lot of like culture mm. differences as well. And that's what I found. I mean, I'm the thing is, the reason I worked really well in Dubai is because I'm Muslim. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm even though I was born up in the UK and I'm British through and through and I may even look westernized, but I, I basically been brought up as a Muslim girl. So I know what the differences are of what you can do, and what you can't do. And it's really easy for me to tell the cameraman or the film man what to mm. do, what you can't do. Um, and that's why for me, my job was successful working there for a year because I worked really mm. well with the Dubai government mm -hmm. because they understand me. Okay, so for people listening to this, uh, some of the people listening to this will be male, some will be female. So, so if, if I was a woman photographer and I was about to head out to Dubai to photograph an event, what sort of things should I be considering as a woman? Again, it's the same thing. Even though you're a woman, you may be able to go to the women's side where there's all women, like a wedding. If there was an Amarati wedding going on, you've been invited to take pictures and you're on the women's side and you're taking all these pictures of women. You've got to be careful. You've got to ask them, is it OK? And then they will like, tell you where these pictures mm. will be shown. If they're shown in a magazine or if they're shown in public, where other people, mm. other men are seeing it, they won't allow it, even if it's a woman taking it. Oh, I see. OK. Um, now, I, I've been to it. I've been to an Amarati wedding. 
And um, when I went to, I was quite shocked. Even though the women are covered from head to toe, they've got designer mm. wear underneath and they're wearing mm. really modern clothes. So they're showing their skin and everything, but they don't mm. care because there's women around. But they wouldn't like that picture of them being seen on a magazine or in a, somewhere mm. out mm. there that men can see. So it, it's the same thing yeah. as a woman and a man. So, yeah. you know, okay. it doesn't really matter. Okay, tell me about some of the most amazing events you've organised, you know, looking back over the period of time you've been doing this. What sort of events stand out for you? Oh, loads and loads and loads. Okay, so I did an event in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And basically what you don't know is that a lot of the ballrooms are never on the ground floor. They're in the middle or third third or fourth floor of, of, a, of, a, of a hotel. Okay. And I had a car launch. We had to do a car launch. Okay. And we couldn't get a car... <laughs> We couldn't get a car up there. Obviously, if on a ground floor, you can get a car up yeah. there. So we had to actually work around it. So what we did is we got um, a car that was made out of fiberglass, which was cut in half. Okay. So obviously, you mould it together. And we had to get it in the lift. Okay. So we had to do it one part, then two part. And then we got it in the middle of the ballroom, mm -hmm. put it together, and we did projection mapping on that Get mold. out of the way. So it looked like... So it looked like a car was actually seated in the middle. I mean, as long as you don't touch it, yeah. but it looks like a car that was actually in the middle of the ballroom yeah. that was there. But it wasn't. Wow. It was just projected map. Wow. So that was amazing. And that was Singapore, was it? That was in Singapore. Then we also did a car launch in Qatar. Okay. For Lexus. Um, and we did it at the Grand Prix. So basically, we have a lot of garages outside where all the cars are kept. Mm -hmm. And in each garage, we had a function going on. So when you arrive, the first garage is a reception. Mm -hmm. The second car is everything to do with the inside of the car. The third garage is your drinks reception. The fourth garage, you sit in an uh, auditorium mm -hmm. in car seats mm -hmm. and you get the three senses. You get the rumbling under your feet no of the car. Right. You get the smell of the tires. Yeah. And then you actually get the car launched in front of you. Uh -huh. So you see the senses. And then you do the, the drive around three tracks ice snow and rain no way. Awesome. and then at the end yeah the, in the end you get a goodie bag and then you leave and we had to do that in three parts right. for all the like car launch amazing. which is amazing yeah. that was so much fun yeah. yeah yeah that was so much fun to do yeah so yeah i've done loads yeah what else can i tell you oh i did um a fashion show for letter for a jigsaw and mango that was quite amazing and we had to do a charity event as well for that so we had to raise money uh for an orphanage in india for for children who have hiv where their parents have died oh, wow. so they are in this orphanage because of that yeah. and so we had to raise money and what i did was i called up all the hotels i worked with and they gave me free night stay dinners things like oh, that nice. and i auctioned off and i and i and i raised six thousand pounds wow for it, so. wow well, and that event that that event was in the UK or that was in India? It was in in the UK. Yeah, okay. it was in the UK. Yeah. So roughly, how many of your events are in the UK and how many are overseas? Oh my God, I do sixty percent overseas and forty percent in wow. the UK. Wow, more overseas than in the UK. I yeah, I've been to twenty eight international countries and nineteen European countries no in my way. lifetime, and that's. That's only touching the iceberg. I've got this app on my phone that shows me how many countries I've okay. been to. And this is and me being an event organizer, I've only touched half of the country. Yeah. So I haven't done South Africa, I haven't done Australia, I've done certain areas I haven't done yet. So but you know, obviously I'm still young, so yeah. still yeah. travel. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got still to explore. Yeah. If you're gonna do one thing in your life, you must travel the globe, mm -hmm. you know, if you can mm -hmm. do it. Um, these eyes have seen so many countries and I'm still thirsty for more uh, because I'd love to see every single because it's not only the seeing the country it's the culture mm. the traditions mm. meeting so many different people the way they live 
everything about that country is that I love exploring. Tell me yeah. three of your favourite countries you've ever been to. Uh, Brazil. Okay. I love, love Brazil because I went to Rio de Janeiro and I went to Sao Paulo mm -hmm. and I thought the people there were amazing. Mm -hmm. um, where else? South Korea, as I said before. Okay. I went to Jeju Island and I went to Penang. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that. And Barbados. Okay, all right. I went to Bridgetown. Okay. Yeah, that was really amazing. You can't go wrong yeah. with Barbados, yeah. really. when the Oh my God, you know, because you, you fly on a domestic flight somewhere and then you get the little, little plane mm -hmm. to go into the island. And then, you know what? It is picture postcards. So if you look out the window of the aircraft, turquoise sea, mm -hmm. turquoise sea mm -hmm. and white sands and palm trees. And you know what? It's like you're in heaven. Oh, sign me up. I'm going. Oh, my God. And people are so relaxed. I mean, I was standing at the bus stop waiting for a bus and it was 15 minutes late. Mm. And I got on the bus and I said, you're 15 minutes late. He goes, oh, no, man, this is the way we work. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, yes, you do. And then halfway through... They stopped at a tin house. Like it was this tin shack right. for a drink. And we went in there. There was a pool table and bars of rum. and Oh, my God, it was amazing. People there are so lovely. They just want to bring you into a yeah. home. And, you know, yeah. oh, my God, it's so yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lovely. So for photographers and filmmakers that are listening to this, what could they be doing themselves in order, in order to get more shoots, to get more bookings, either working directly with venues or directly with a client or directly with... Uh, an event management company like yourself? Um, I think, you know, like us event organisers, there's things that happen in your life that you, when you're organising events, that, that you learn all the time. Like uh, things that happen and how you deal with them. And I think with camera and film people, they should give those examples to people. That, look, I did a photo shoot and this happened and this is how I worked mm -hmm. with it. Or with a filmmaker, this is a shoot that I did and this is how we dealt with things and we had to work like this. It's just, it just inspires people that, oh my God, this person knows what they're talking mm. about. You know, it's no point in just sending pictures of glossy things and glossy, everybody can do mm -hmm. that. But you just got to think out of the box of what's going to make them pick up the phone and phone oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with me. I will... I will come up with scenarios and I'll say, this is how I dealt with it. And then that would tweak something in mm -hmm. their head that, oh, my God, that's what happened to us. And, oh, my God, our event organizer was rubbish, mm. man. We had to just take over. But she can do it. You know, we don't have to stress. You know, we just leave everything up to her. And it's the same with the camera and film people. You've got to think of things that have happened to you and how you dealt with them and how it became successful that you use that to obviously trigger the client to pick up the phone and phone you. Because they'll think, and that person knows how to deal with things and i would just leave them up to them because things are going to go yeah. wrong everything goes yeah. wrong but it's how you deal with it and i guess from the event manager's point of view you, you don't want to have a photographer along who's going to come across a problem and then bring that problem no. to you whereas you actually want the photographer just to find a way around it and to deal with it zari we're, we're coming towards the end of this but i've got a couple of fun questions to ask you okay um, and I, i've got a series of would you rather questions so this is where i'm going to ask you would you rather this or that and actually i've got i've got a list of 211 of these questions so oh my god i'm going to let you drive this <laughs> okay. you need to give me a number between okay. one and 211 let's find out what question it is uh okay 21 21 here we go number 21 would you rather be an average person in the present or a king of a large country two and a half thousand years ago king slash queen clearly so would you rather be an average person in the present or would you rather be a queen of a large country from two and a half thousand years ago 
Queen in a larger country. Queen, larger country. Because I would be such a two and a half thousand. Oh years my ago. god, I'll be such a good. Yeah, I'll be such a lovely queen because I'm such a kind person. Okay. And like all my sub, all people that I I'll be ruling over, I'll be so kind to them. Okay. I think I'll be too kind to them. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a de- so, definite answer there. Uh, let's do another one. That's that's number twenty-one. Give me another number. Uh, thirty-four. 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 This is fun. Let's see what thirty-four is. Thirty-four says, "Would you rather?" wake up as a new random person every year and have full control of them for for the whole year or once a week spend a day inside a stranger without having any control of them this is a weird question let, let me ask that again would you rather wake up as a new random person every year and have full control of them i don't quite know what that means full control of them for the whole year or would you rather okay. once a week spend a day inside a stranger without having any control of them? I guess it means seeing life through their eyes. I guess that's what it means. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't like to be a new stranger, not have any control of them. I mean, if I can be a new person, yeah. like a stranger, yeah. and have control of them, and be if they're a horrible and non-kind person, and change them into an change unkind them. person I for like one that. day, I would love to do that. I like yeah, that. I'd love to do that. But um, yeah, because I, I wouldn't like to be controlled. I'm not a person that can be controlled. I mean, I am the who I am. Yeah. And if people tell me, Zari, don't change. Just be the way you are. Because you know what? You don't want to be... Like, I, I've seen a lot of people in my time and they're not very nice people. And, yeah. you know, I don't care if I'm too kind and if I, too, I do things for too many people, I will never change who I yeah. am. So yeah. I could not do no, that. No, I'm, I'm no, on your page no. there. Totally on your page. I don't think you can be too kind. Let's do one third and final one. Give me another number between one and 211. Oh, my God. I did 211. 211. All right. Let's go right to the end. Uh, And here we are. Number 211. Would you rather... Okay. Would you rather all electrical devices mysteriously stopped working, possibly forever, it says, or, (laughs) or the governments of the world are only run by people going through puberty? (laughs) so would you rather all electrical devices stop working so all computers all phones all airplanes everything or would you rather the governments of the whole world are run only by people going through puberty oh my god no the first one i tell you the first one because i was brought up where my mother used to bake okay. breads. My dad used to have allotment with vegetables. Right. We used to only go to the um, supermarket to get detergent and things like that. But everything was bought from the grocers. Okay. And cheese and cheese was made, bought from the, like a okay. shop. And I was brought up that we used to always play out, never watch TV, didn't have a mobile no. phone. No. Yeah. So how did, how did pe- parents used to get hold of us? They mm-hmm. never. Um, and you know what? Those were the good and days. Everything was all right. Now, too much social media... Yeah. Too many phones are making people a lot depressed mm. because they look on their social media of all the glossy things that people do on Instagram. And do you know what? That is not their real life. Like most of probably nine out of ten times the time, they're obviously sitting in their bed really depressed. And then they just put, post the one picture up where they're having a lot of yeah, fun yeah, yeah, yeah. in their life. And it's the same with me. When I post like my trip pictures up, people say to me, oh, my God, Sarah, you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. They don't know. Yes, you may see the one or two glossy pictures of me on on my trips, but nine out of ten times, I have four hours mm. sleep. I'm on the go. My hair's bunched up. I've got lanyard around my neck in plumps. I'm running around yeah. everywhere. That's yeah. me. Yeah. And one at a time, you'll probably see me sitting near the pool, which is like half an hour, and that's it. 
Yeah. So, you know, like, I think people need to live into the reality and be happy with the reality and not too much hyped up about what's mm-hmm. going on on the internet or the phone or electrics, things like that. People just need to be free and be out there and enjoying what we have yeah. right now and not thinking of what we're going to have well, in the future. Well, it definitely sounds like you enjoy your work, yeah. Zari. And, uh, and I really appreciate you being here and talking all about it. Uh, if, if anyone wants to follow you on social media, you, you just mentioned social media, actually, in, in not such a positive way. But nevertheless, um, it's always good for work. Uh, what is a good way for people to follow you on social? Well, I'm on Instagram. So it's Zari on Zari Khan on Instagram. Um, and also you can follow, you can basically email me at Zari at venuefind.co.uk. Zari at, say again, Zari at? Zari at venuefind.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Zari at venuefind.co.uk. Awesome. Well, look, Zari, thank you so much for being here and thank you for talking to us. I really appreciate you and I appreciate your time here today. Thank you for having me. So that was Zari Khan, international event planner and serious globetrotter. Thank you, Zari, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. I promised everyone a high-energy episode, and it was exactly that. To follow Zari on social media, just search Zari Khan. That's Z-A-R-I-C-A-A-N. Or you can email zari at venuefind.co.uk. And while you're emailing anyone, don't forget that we always love to hear back from you. So if you're listening to this and you have any suggestions of who we can bring on to a future episode, then drop me an email. I'm simon at bonjourlondon.co.uk. That's my photography business email address. And I'll reply to you personally. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Have a smashing week and bye for now.